Hi, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison the Sun. And I am the other guy. And he is currently uh, going through the Celebrating Hispanic Heritage section on Netflix. Uh, What was the one that you found? Taco... Taco Chronicles? Yeah, something like that. All right, that... I'm, like, I'm into it just off the title alone. But, more importantly, this week we kicked off our spooky October Halloween. <laughs> Lucha Libre! Oh, my good God. All right. Uh, there is a show called uh, Nuestra Lucha Libre on Netflix, and by all accounts, the thumbnail image they've chosen is pretty hilarious. That's a really nice suit combined with a really nice mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I I know nothing about it. Could be terrible. Don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, we kicked off. Why are we starting a show? We're recording. What are you doing? Where's your fidget spinner? <laughs> I'm going to get your fidget spinner. I'm good. I'm good. Son of a... No, you're not. Oh, my God. How am I the adult in this duo? Here you go. Here's your toy. I say that I have like a four-foot chain wallet, because why not? Anyway, all right. This week, we kicked off our John Carpenter Halloween month with his 1982 classic, The Thing. Classic? It's you'd be surprised. We'll get into it. I am surprised. You had thoughts on this movie. What did you think? Uh, It was it was crap. (laughs) Okay, crap. It was. It was. uh, Oh, this fills me with dread for the rest of this month. Oh no. Well, the the um they had they had this they used this thing like this dramatic pause. Mm. You know, like two guys would be talking and then they'd be looking at each other you know for a dramatic effect only it went on like 10 seconds too long and then it fades or, out or a minute too long or something you know and they kept reusing it and it's uh, like like why it's the uh, or they get have have two guys talking uh, um, to each other and arguing and fighting and stuff a big dramatic thing and it was just like about something stupid you know there there were many shots in this movie that just ended uh um on a close-up of a concerned wilford brimley uh and people may know wilford brimley i didn't recognize him at first because he was clean shaven he normally has a big big cowboy mustache yes the big mustache but most people uh, of my ilk would know him as the guy from Commercial is about diabetes. Yeah, diabetes. 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 Uh, but um, I, I, this is only like the third or fourth John Carpenter movie I've seen. Like, I know the guy certainly has a reputation. I've loved the movies I've seen so far of his, but I had never seen this one before. So it was interesting going into it fresh with you. Right. Because I, I, I know enough about it just from... Mom, is that a phone? What's yeah. going on? That's my phone. That's your phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to yell at Mom for taking a phone call well, while we're recording. She would be getting a phone call and she can't help well, that. Well, last episode is bereft with her speakerphone conversation with Molly. Okay. So, yeah, that's fun. Anyway, I'll cut this out. Uh, 
Like, so I, I had seen enough of his movies to know that he usually has a small budget and they're short movies, but they typically do a slow burn. So for, for the first hour of this movie, really not much happens. And especially it kicks off with a helicopter chasing a dog through the snow. And like you offhandedly said, oh no, is Sarah Palin involved in this movie? <laughs> and I say, I don't think so. And then, of course, the guy leans out of the side of the helicopter with a gun. I'm like, son of a gun. Stay Apparently <clears throat> she was. Try, trying to kill the dog. Trying to kill the dog. terrible. Terrible. Well, <clears throat> then you find out that the dog is this psychotic, shape-shifting terror machine well, yeah, the dog that was kills in- all of the other dogs. The dog was infected. Okay, so fine. You know, but still... You know, it, you didn't know that at first, and right, I guess yeah. I guess that's supposed to, to that's pull, supposed to add pull, to the terror. Yeah. Why is this guy trying pull to kill in. this dog? <clears throat> well, I mean, they had helicopters, so I know that's a that's a piece of a budget, but you know that was it. And then they uh, um, then they had blow up stuff, and they had a lot of fire extinguishers. I, I was curious um, because at one point they do uh, visit a uh, burned out. Uh, um, research lab that uh, that was owned by the Norwegians at the beginning of the film. Yes. And uh, I was curious as to how they factored that into the budget and well, you know, spoilers if you've not seen the movie at this point, but at the end of the movie they end up burning down their own research facility. So once that was burned down, Damn. they just reused they the, it as the Norwegian. Yeah, they had yeah. the, they had this material for their yeah. Norwegian burnout. And to that end, I found this uh, on IMDb. In August 2003, a couple of hardcore fans, Todd Cameron and Steve Crawford, ventured to the remote filming location in Stewart, British Columbia, and after 21 years, found the remains of Outpost 31 and oh the God. Norwegian helicopter. Uh, they apparently now own at least the helicopter blade, uh, oh which God. that's, I've always <clears throat> wanted to do that because like the, um, the, uh, the, the Lars family homestead from the first Star Wars movie is just still out there in the Tunisian desert. And it's not really like a couple of years ago, a couple of fans got together and like fixed it up and made it pretty again, but it's just sitting out there in the middle of the Tunisian desert. Wow. You can just wander out into the desert and find this this iconic piece of film history. Right. And I guess the same thing for the thing. I mean, depending on your definition of iconic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, they, they just leave that stuff out there? Well, like, don't they clean it, it up? Well, or? In some cases, if it's such a remote location, like in the middle of the snowy wilderness or in the middle of the desert, they're, you know, it might sound terrible, but there's nobody enforcing them cleaning up the middle okay. of the desert. That's true. Um, I did find it interesting that they go to uh, the top of the Arctic Circle uh, in order to film for Antarctica. I did think that was funny. Okay. Like, apparently the the filming location was only accessible by a road by bizarre quirk of planning took you briefly into Alaska. Okay. So, like, apparently to get to filming location, you had to wander out and back into Canada, which is, uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. You could tell it was, it was, uh, the Arctic because the, the snow was right side up. Uh, Antarctic. <laughs> <laughs> Antarctic. It's, okay. You know, the other. Yeah. Oh, God. The way. Wow. I wasn't expecting a hemisphere joke. That's pretty good. Good job. Gold star. Hemisphere. <laughs> well, the, oh, and, and Kurt, 
What's his name? Kurt? Uh, Kurt Russell. Russell. <clears throat> I was going to say Kurt Douglas. Which we're going to see <clears throat> at least one more time. Kurt uh, this Russell. Mm-hmm. He must have been about 12 in this movie. <laughs> and so he's like the serious guy that's taken on uh, taking on the this thing, the monster. You know, right. like, oh, they named it the thing, you know, the, the capital T. Uh, <clears> but he he's, was he's the guy like one when this movie came out. OK, that decides like he's in charge of everything. And <clears throat> they come up on a close up on his face as he's dictating what's going to happen and what they're going to do about this this terribly horrible monster that can right. waste all of humanity. And it's like, how can you take him seriously? Oh, but wait. The hat. The hat. Oh, my right. God. I, oh, my God. The, he's wearing this hat. It looks like... <laughs> all right, F Troop. You guys remember F Troop? Maybe, gonna, I don't know if you I'm do gonna have to. I'm going to have to Google that. Keep talking. But F Troop, you, you get this, like... Um, cavalry hat and you turn up the you turn up the front brim and he had the back brim turned up and the front brim turned up and it was flat on the front and back and it was real big hat it was so stupid looking and yet that was they must have sent him to wardrobe and said here are 10,000 hats pick one out that you like and he picked out the stupidest oh one point He's making a really serious speech, and they must have made him take the hat off because <laughs> there's no way you could look at this guy with this hat on and take him seriously right, for yeah. anything. Plus, just, he looks like he's 12. Yeah. Well, so I did think it was interesting. Well, I mean, he's got the big beard and hair, uh, uh-huh. which I mean, if you're stationed in the Antarctic for like, what, six months or whatever they said it was? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So- I did appreciate how, like, nobody in this movie was, uh, dressed to look cool. It was, for the, with the exception of that hat, everybody, oh in, f- uh, like, passing through wardrobe was like, give me the biggest, fluffiest coats you have. Well, wait, no, the, the one guy, uh, Windows, I mean, he, he had the sunglasses. He had the sunglasses, yeah. yeah. So he looked And he also cool. had like a weird biker jacket while he was wandering yeah. around. Uh, and then there was inside. another guy with a nose uh, nose piercing. Yeah, the, 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 the doctor character, like the physician, had... Uh, uh, let me see. I think that's David Clennon, I want to say that is. And this is in 82, so yeah. that's pretty early for piercings. Yeah, and it just caught me off guard because we're watching it. I'm like... Does he have a piercing, or is his just nostril catching the light in a weird way? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that there are no women in this movie whatsoever. Oh, man. There is precisely one bit of quote-unquote female presence, and it's the voice of the chess computer that Kurt Russell uh, tosses his right. whiskey into at the beginning right. of the film. Right. Uh, after calling it a cheating bitch. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah, good. that's Great. a good point. No, yeah, no. <clears throat> why didn't they have a female I, interest? I'm pretty sure there were a couple of uh, uh, women, or at least non-men, uh, in the 1951 version of this Wait, movie. What's it in 1951? If you were a non-man, what does yeah, that make you? Right, 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 that's fair. Um, they didn't. Ha- they didn't have other stuff. Yeah, that wasn't invented in 1951. Until 19, that yeah. was non-men weren't invented until nine. Uh, I can't think. I don't know. At the same time, twenty something. Uh, the thing. Uh, it was first off. It's called the thing from the another world. So there you go. 
No, uh, the, I, last night, the, the, this version was called The Thing. That's this it. one was just called The Thing. The 1951 was called The Thing from Another World. And um, from what I can tell, uh, John Carpenter loosely set up this movie to be a quasi-sequel to the 1951 movie. Like, you, at one point in the movie, they're watching footage from the Norwegian uh, Arctic team, right. and they are positioned as if they are watching the 1951 movie. So, I think in the canon of this movie, the 1951 movie happened, but it was toward the Norwegian team, if mm. that makes any sense. No. No? All right, fair enough. No, that's the piece of trivia I was reading. So, in 2011, they made another The Thing, and that is a direct prequel to this movie, which tells the story of the Norwegian team. Okay, that that's a pre- prequel, to, prequel this. to this. Okay. Uh, also starring, I believe, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, who you'd know as Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. You, the big kung fu game, oh, video that, game that, action yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, it is. Okay. okay. Uh, let's see. So, one thing that got... Okay, so, uh, at about eight minutes in, uh, the... Uh, last surviving Norwegian crew member is trying to shoot the dog and uh, is screaming at them in Norwegian. Norwegian, yeah. And he says uh, to them, get the hell out of there. That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. And, of course, nobody in the cast speaks Norwegian. And then the guy is promptly shot in the head. Yes. Uh, thus allowing the movie to happen, yes. really. But I'm just like... It, they got away with it pretty easily in 1982, but these days, like, having, like, obscuring a plot point by having it be in a different language isn't really much of a, ch- you know, they're not really trying too hard to obscure the plot point because people have, like, Google Translate and stuff on their phones these days. Yeah. So it would be relatively easy to spoil that point. Like, we had the subtitles on and it still said speaking Norwegian. Yeah. Um, which always infuriates and- me. But uh, it's kind of surprising, not that everybody in the world speaks English, but yeah. Nor- Norwegian scientists uh, in likely in international kind of situations uh, without him being able to speak English. Um, I don't know. That was eh, questionable. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also possible that the guy was just panicking. Uh, he didn't realize that they were English speakers or whatever. So I'm sure there's a bunch of plot points that they can run away with. Uh, what did you think? I'm really curious. Uh, what did you think about the very end of the movie where it's just the, uh, <laughs> oh the two guys oh my God. sitting at the How? end watching their camp burn? How bleeping stupid. Really, <laughs> so they blow up. They blow up their entire camp, uh-huh. everything, all the buildings, all the everything, to make sure that the alien thing doesn't have a place to. What he was going to freeze, right? The, well, the idea was that first off, I didn't realize that the movie starts off with a literal flying saucer falling to Earth. Yeah, which was off-putting. Um, but then the theory is that this thing. 
not only survived the crash of the spaceship, but that was then, like, frozen perfectly in the ice and was able to thaw out and come back to life. Yeah, from, so, like, 100 million years yeah, ago, or 100,000 so, years yeah, ago. Yeah, so what they were trying to prevent was the thing refreezing and then being picked up by the rescue team whenever that yes. came around in six months. Yes. So they were trying to burn it to death before it had a chance to be yes. preserved. So they burn everything. Yep. <clears throat> All their supplies, all the buildings. It's just those two guys sitting there at the end, the last two guys that were not un- uninfected by this thing. <laughs> and- oh, you know, real quick side note. We did have the captions on. Every time they say the word thing, it is capitalized. capitalized yeah. Sorry, please continue. And, uh, and one guy says, well, what do we do now? And Kurt Russell says, well, I guess we just wait and see what happens. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the it's movie. It's like, what? So, like, what? I was a little freaked out by it because uh, Childs, the other guy that's not uh, Kurt Russell, first off, he's played by Keith David, and I am not used to seeing young Keith David, and it was really the voice that cottoned me onto it, but uh, just a gorgeous voice. But he shows up after having been absent from the last, like, 15 minutes of action, and you're like, oh no, is he a thing? Is are are they both things? What's happening? And then uh uh Kurt Russell gives uh Childs a bit of his whiskey or vodka or gen- whatever it is. I think it was um, vodka at that stage. Yeah, probably. But um and then they like share a little laugh together, and I'm like, oh no, he drank something out of the bottle. Now he's been inf- infected yes. with the thing juice or whatever the thing hell. juice. The <laughs> thing juice. So I like I'm I like texted a few of my friends after the movie last night, and it was like, I am a little paranoid. Like I haven't seen my grandmother for a few hours. She could be one of them. That's true. I'm gonna go hide in the basement corner with a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, you better uh, you better shoot her right away just to make sure. <laughs> so, <clears throat> just just to to clear it up, folks, this thing from space lands right. a hundred thousand years ago, freezes in the ice. These guys thaw it out, and what it does is it gets its cells into you, and then its cells mimic your cells, and then it takes on your shape and form. Uh, and it's a terrible, horrible monster killer. So it could be the person sitting next to you could be the thing in their regular normal form of a human. Uh, and the next thing you know, you're being uh, ripped apart and, and <laughs> destroyed. To kind of incredible uh, practical special effects for the most part. Uh, I quite enjoyed them. Apparently, you did not. What the 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 special effects, the the puppetry, and the oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah, it was it, it was okay. Um, but the thing, like it, <laughs> it 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 was the weirdest conglomeration of weirdest conglomeration of stuff. I mean, it had like spider or crab legs. Yeah. And it, and it had the, like the shot twist, where, twisted melted f- face. I, the shot where like I think I just started calling it the head crab in my head. Yeah. It's a dude's head upside down with giant spindly <laughs> crab spider legs coming out of it. And then it grows an extra set of eyeballs on stalks coming out the chin of yeah. the head on top of the and and it's skittering around. I'm like what the hell is this? And and when it wants to get you, it shoots out these long tentacle things like spaghetti, <laughs> and they 
and they I, come flying well, out and they get they whip all around they, and they, they grab kinda, you. They were they were red and kind of shiny. I was thinking Twizzlers. Twizzlers. That's what I thought. Fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> red vines. If you're. But it was like that. who who came up with this monster <laughs> idea? It was just like weird. Um, <clears throat> it's like you got to be able to see a monster. Like take the uh, the alien movie. Right. You get to see the monster. You can you can figure out what it is. This thing, every time you saw it, it had a different shape. It had different features. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. had like a part of a, a dog head, part of a human face. Part of it, it was just it, it was inconsistent. 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 Well, uh, to that end, uh, and I, I, I'd say he succeeded on this. John Carpenter had actually seen. Uh, Alien, obviously, that was 1979, so he had seen it at this point, and he specifically said he wanted to avoid something that could just be a dude in a rubber suit, which, if you see pictures behind the scene of the original Alien, it is a dude in a suit, but he is the skinniest dude. (laughs) He has, like, alarmingly skinny legs, and I'm like, oh, oh, good, okay, good, that's excellent. Yeah, but in 79, I mean, this was... uh... Uh, oh well, this was eighty two. Okay, yeah. so it's not much. So different. it was yeah, all. Nothing. It was for the most part like puppetry and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Did you have a favorite moment of those special effects, oh, like the God. defibrillator, where the the stomach just turns into a mouth and eats the guy's yeah. arms? Off? That was pretty. That was great. Yeah, the guy's using a defibrillator to try to jumpstart this guy's heart, and the third time he puts him down, he just crushes right through the. The body and also the worst a, CPR I think I've ever seen the, in a movie. The but. alien is inside the guy, and the alien just bites his arms off. Yeah, and he's, and he's got it's these great. two bloody stumps, and he's screaming. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that that was good. That was good. that was good. I uh, well, I actually texted uh, a friend of the show Rob Queso while we were watching the movie, and like I don't think Dad's liking the thing. And he texted me back right away. It's like, has the defibrillator happened yet? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, That'll get him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the blood test sequence. Yes, that was Where cool. they're poking the hot needle into the blood. Yes. And the one dish, like, it, every Petri dish of blood is wrought for tension as yes. the needle goes into it. And then in a very offhand moment, he tests a guy's blood, and it the blood freaks out, yes. scaring the piss out of you. Yes. That yes, was that great. Was cool. And the, cool. the one, the, the one sheriff type guy is tied to the couch next to the guy that happens to be, uh, the thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to call it a, the thing. Like, yeah. definitive. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, you, you, they had to tie everybody up because you didn't know who was infected. Right. And then when the one guy pops out that is infected, the other guys are tied up, so how are they they're, going to get yeah, away? They're tied to him. Yeah, so tied just, on the same bench. <laughs> it just all... turns into the guy screaming yeah. as the dude's head splits open vertically and eats another dude's head. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. oh my God. So uh, you'd be shocked to learn that m- this movie bombed hard when it first came out. Really? I'm sure you're shocked about that. Really? But uh, as John Carpenter's legacy grew with other movies, this became a bit of a cult classic. Okay. Uh, yeah, I so, can maybe yeah. see that. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, the, all they did was run around from building to building. Mm-hmm. You know, are you are you an alien? Are you, are you the thing? Are you the thing? Running away from each other, running towards each other. Uh, and there was like, I, I don't know, 
just just long, slow, lingering long, shots slow, of lingering shots, Wilford Brimley. Like t- ten, 10 seconds longer than they really should have really, been. Really, yeah. Um, I, I, I get the feeling that this movie, like a lot of movies that have become cult movies, are best seen with like a large crowd. Okay, yeah. I mean, that would make... <laughs> if you get... like. At some of the scenes, we were both screaming. Yeah, that's and true. If you get a whole group of people just screaming yeah. and possibly inebriated, that might yeah. improve your viewing experience. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> you got to be with one hundred people all drunk. Yeah. Oh, and in the movie, they, they drank a lot. They oh, smoked cigarettes constantly. constantly, and the one guy smoked pot all the like the time. whole time. That's all he did was he smoked pot. That was his. He character. just smoked pot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think he also said at some point, "Chariots of the Gods," which yes. is a, uh, a a really aggravating theory of uh, ancient aliens. It's like yes. no human could stack rocks in that manner. Aliens must have done it. And it was yes. like, no. The depressing answer is they probably just kind of threw slaves at the rocks until the rocks stacked like that. Yeah, that's the depressing answer. But uh, anything is possible when you don't care about your labor pool. But, That's true. Uh, so, um, any final thoughts on the thing? Um, it was interesting. Okay. Uh, they should have had somebody besides. They should have had <clears throat> somebody besides Kurt Russell, uh, who looked just so young. I mean, not <laughs> not a wrinkle, not a scar. I mean, you needed somebody like uh, Tommy Lee Jones or something like that, or okay, or Clint All Eastwood right. or somebody, right. something, somebody with it, we, some rough it, roughness and gruffness. You know what? I was reading up on that. Clint Eastwood was actually offered the oh wow McCready role. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think he was starting to go into his I don't want to deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, phase, which I don't think he ever got out of. Okay, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't see him being involved these days in a special effects epic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, Kurt Russell just looked like like a doll, <laughs> a, a kid's doll or well, something. Th- this was toy. also, I've got his IMDb open. So, for most of his acting career up until this point, he was just the Disney guy. He okay. was in almost every made-for-TV yeah. movie made by Disney. Yeah, when he was a little kid. Yeah, imagine. that's true. Yeah. And I also know this as let's let's see. Um, he shows up in uh, yeah, it's all Disney crap. And then finally, you get to uh, nineteen seventy nine, and he is in a TV movie, um, TV movie as Elvis Presley. And then he is in the Robert Zemeckis movie Used Cars. And then nineteen eighty one, he is in Escape from New York, uh, his first collaboration with John Carpenter, which okay. I was. Was which, uh, it's a fun little action movie. It's, it's, if you thought this movie was low budget, I think I told you <laughs> New York City in for like some overhead, like night shots in that movie is literally just cardboard boxes with yeah. reflective tape. On well, it. In, in that movie though, he had an eye patch, right? Yeah, that's, uh, so, he's playing <clears throat> Snake Pliskin. Yeah, so, and, you know, that, that gave him a little more oomph or something. But in, in. Um, yeah, but then he's in uh, uh, Escape from New York. He's a voice in The Fox and the Hound and then The Thing. And then it's off to the races, really, with everything else. Okay. Um, but we'll be seeing Kurt Russell again in two weeks in Big Trouble in Little China. But right. next week, we are watching They Live, another John Carpenter classic okay. that takes on... I realize I'm not really like this movie has was not a good primer for you for like it oh, didn't 
Not, I, I don't you know, I didn't mind well, seeing it, th- but... This podcast is ostensibly supposed to be bonding between father and son watching movies, and I always feel a bit bad, like, I throw a mystery man at you. So, the best I can say about these movies is they're only an hour and a half long. Okay. So, yeah. So, we've got uh, uh, They Live next week, um, starring... Let me run down you that a little bit so I can... Throw some stuff at you. They live. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the iconography at all of They Live. But it's like the Ray-Ban sunglasses, uh, Roddy Piper. Oh, Keith David's in it again. Sweet, we get more Keith David. Um, But I'm going to show you a Google image of one of the aliens from They Live. So you at least have a loose idea as to what I'm talking about. Because you probably know what they look like just Based on living on planet Earth. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with that. I don't know. I don't think so. It's the uh, blue-red-skinned, black-eyed alien in front of the obey sign. So nah. I, It'll be a newie. Dad, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of spoil it for you right now, if you don't mind. It has one of the best lines in film history. And it is Roddy Piper with a shotgun and Ray-Bans... And he says, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, boy. And uh, uh, then we are treated to what is apparently the most amazing action sequence of all time. I have also not seen this movie, so it's going to be fun going into you, uh, okay. going into it with you. Okay. Uh, any closing thoughts? Take us nah. out. Nah, movie was kind of punk. But anyway, <laughs> getting closer to the election, you know what to do. Uh, and uh, pay your uh, taxes. Yeah, pay. Yeah, pay, wear your because, mask, wash your hands, vote, and pay your goddamn taxes. Yeah, because the government needs the money. Because obviously, yeah. uh, some people aren't paying. Yeah, because the government ain't getting money from the people that run the government. Yeah, and um, uh, be good to your parents and your family and yeah. your neighbors, and uh, do something important with your life. Wait here for a little while. See what happens. <laughs>